Guru Nation, welcome to episode 538 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I went live and I talked about the various stakeholders in clinical research and who's responsible for diversity at the end of the day. Diversity in more patients as well as diversity in more jobs in the industry. Is it the sites? Is it the sponsors? Is it the CROs? Is it the vendors? The answer is it's everybody and it's complicated. Uh, and it actually gets interesting because it's so complicated and it opens up a lot of opportunities as well. So definitely, definitely, definitely something here for you if you're interested in this topic. Also in the show notes, check out the links to the CRA Academy, the CRC Academy, the links to the YouTube Premium. Uh, text me if you need help getting studies for your site, 949-415-6256. Now with all that being said, enjoy the show. I would go live on Instagram, but I lost my my little iPhone dongle, my converter. So we got to wait for that. Amazon's kind of send it. But uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, I see you guys. How's everything? Um, I, I just got off of a webinar for Latinos in Clinical Research, actually. And we were talking about whose responsibility is it in research to ensure more diversity of patients. And it's a interesting, I mean, it forced me to look at the stakeholders in our space. And the three main stakeholders in the space are sponsors, CROs, and sites. But the industry is getting a little more complex. And the lines are being a little bit blurred with the vendors, with the other vendors we have. So for example, Artificial intelligence, AI, that's something that's gaining a lot of prevalence in the industry. Being able to go through database, large patient database quickly, and being able to pull patients who could potentially fit for the study. But let me frame the problem for you right now so that you can kind of hear me out on this. Identifying patients more efficiently does not mean those patients are going to be guaranteed to get in the study. We're not entitled. We shouldn't be entitled to think, okay, we can identify patients, so now we can get more patients in the study. That's not that's not going to happen without human involvement. Rex, how's it going, Dan? The real question is, patient diversity worth the cost and increased time? That is a very good question, Rex. And the industry's answer to that up until recently has been no. It hasn't been until the FDA told sponsors for certain indications, you need more diversity in your study data, or we're not going to approve it. Simple as that. So the ultimate uh, stakeholder is the regulators, right? The FDA. And I don't even know if technically they're a stakeholder. I guess they are. Uh, but that's a very good comment, Rex. I tend to agree with you. And this is one of the things that we discussed on the, on the program or on the webinar that we were just on. Nobody wants to do this, especially CRO. CROs control the majority of, of clinical trials now, especially the big ones. It's a lot of inefficiency in onboarding new sites because I think they understand also the best way to get more diversity in your studies 
is to onboard new clinicians as PIs in those communities where they treat their patients. Have them show that th this is where my company, DSC, is, is like, this is how I pay my bills, is based off of this business model. Let's get more sites, let's get more clinicians aware, first of all. I mean, this is what these live streams are for, too. They're for people trying to enter research as a career, people already in the industry, trying to advance their careers, trying to open your eyes to different options. But then also clinicians looking to increase ROI on their existing practice, right? Uh, one of the clinicians I work with said, look, we're looking to um, we're looking to maximize profit per square foot in our clinics. It's a simple, simple uh, uh, business model. So, and then Rex, thank you. Get rid of key opinion leader and focus on real sites. I agree. The problem, Rex, is investors love key opinion leaders. This is why I'm. This is why I'm so interested in analyzing all these biotech stocks that I do, and I'm going to do another one. I think later today. Uh, on a very small market cap. You guys stay tuned. That's the cliffhanger for when we're done with this. The cliffhanger is uh, the biotech I'm about to analyze. I think there's opportunities there for everybody watching, not just to invest, but to look into this company. But yeah, investors love key opinion leaders. And at the end of the day, the way these companies, these companies have a duty, fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. Um, now, Okay, the CROs have no incentive whatsoever to spend more time or resources of their already strained resources. Let's not forget this part. CROs, all of them right now in 2021, are understaffed, severely understaffed. The last thing they want to do is bring on more people to focus on diversity initiatives with with sites so if you leave this solving this problem up to the cro's it's not going to happen they're going to do it out of necessity either when the sponsors start to demand what's your diversity plan for the sites that you're selecting for the study um and and that's starting to happen in cases where the fda is demanding it from sponsors but if you leave it up to the cro's on their own they don't care about this. They they want to return profit as quickly as possible. They want to return uh, value for their shareholders. They want to just bring in more studies, manage the entire process. Why waste time with inexperienced physicians, inexperienced PIs? Well, the reason why the industry should look to do that is because that's the best way to get not just diversity, but more people in general of any background participating in clinical research. I mean, if you go on the street, even after COVID, if you go on where, where clinical research has kind of been in front and center, if you go on the streets right now and ask randomly 10 people, tell me what you think about clinical trials, they're going to think, well, it's not for me, first of all. I'm not a guinea pig. I'm not a lab rat. This is what they're going to think. This is what they're going to tell you. So that's not just a diversity issue. That's a that's just a human being issue. Now, you want to add diversity on top of it. We've got a lot of work to do as an industry. And who the question now becomes who wants to do the work? 
And I think you're going to start seeing startups like mine and other companies contracting with the sponsors and the CROs to pull these things off. I think this is one of the reasons why Latinos in clinical research exists. I think this is one of the main reasons, one of the main driving forces behind DSCS, sweat equity and investments that's been growing so quickly year over year. We started that company in 2013, year over year growth. It's unbelievable the amount of work we've been getting, mainly because we need more people doing study. We need more patients. On top of all this, you've got sponsors creating more studies. On top of all this, you've got new paradigm shifts like mRNA technology and CRISPR technology. Those are all going to require, and all the other omics, microbiome, all that stuff, that's all going to require more clinical research. So we want more patients, more diversity, with an already strained and overburdened workforce and the same sites that we've been using because the CROs are comfortable using those sites because they know that those sites are going to get the numbers, albeit slowly, uh, even if they're not diverse numbers, they're going to get the numbers and they're not going to screw up the studies too bad. And I think the hard work needs to be done if we truly want to tackle this, this issue. The hard work needs to be done and, and, and really pushed by the sponsors. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that, certainly in certain indications like um, Alzheimer's, uh, which affects African-Americans at a higher proportion than other races, uh, lupus, things like lupus as well, schizophrenia. You're going to start, you're already seeing this kind of push in those, in those areas. So that's my two cents on this. Now, this is where all the this is where it gets interesting, and this is where the opportunities are. So, hi, Yusuf. Hi, hi Nurset. How's it going, guys? Hey, by the way, make sure you guys know the drill. Okay. Rex knows. Rex knows. You guys, come on, like, subscribe, comment, and share. And if you're listening to this on a podcast after the fact, please do the same thing. And make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube. You go watch it when we go live. When I go live. Sometimes I bring on guests too. So I want to know your thoughts on this. I want to know your thoughts on whose role is diver whose responsibility is increasing diversity as far as study participants are concerned. And then how do we go about doing that? I think I think the industry pushes for technology to be the saving force. I think in a lot of ways it can. But I think in something like clinical, and the reason they want that is because technology is a deflationary force. So over time, the cost of everything go down with technology while the efficiencies go up. I think human capital is an inflationary force. I think human capital starts to demand more benefits and more pay as they gain more experience. It's the opposite of technology. Technology gets better and gets cheaper. Humans, I don't blame you. I'm one of you. I'm a human. We get better and we demand more, right? Because we, we create more value. So we're like fighting against the machines. Um, I think we need to work together with the machines. I think that's what it's going to take. I think that's our saving grace for everybody in this industry is the fact that you're a human being and technology is not going to be able to replace what you're doing. 
especially when it comes to patient recruitment, especially when it comes to running a site, especially when it comes to um, anything having to do with empathy and getting patients on board. And you can take it a step further, getting new clinicians on board. Because at the end of the day, we need new clinicians to participate in clinical research. Um, uh, Rex, Rex has been big on the chats. Thank you, Rex. I think COVID isn't the end of virtual trials. I think it could help open up for patient diversity and even access to rural patients. I think so too, Rex, but I think the issue is that you still need this, who's gonna educate these patients on research? Because if you just run ads on people's Facebook newsfeed, I mean, you're not really changing their impression of what research is. Their preconceived idea of research in most people, in most people's minds is guinea pig. And it's not for me. That's for other people, not for me. And so we need to change that. We need to start showing that there is benefit to having options. And I really don't think technology is going to do that. I think it's going to be humans mixed with technology. So I, I agree. I think virtual trials are going to open up a whole new area of research. But I think traditional trials are going to be here for at least the rest of my life, if not my kids' lives. Um, and rural, yes, small is the new big. Completely agree. That's why I moved out here in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities here. This is an untapped patient population. But guess what? It's going to be a lot of work educating and raising awareness. I'm going to rely a lot on my Latinos in clinical research team for support. It's, it's a lot. I'm going to rely a lot on the clinicians that I work with in these areas. These are the clinicians who are in the trenches with these patients every day. That's what it takes. That's not Technology is not going to be able to get these patients here in studies. Maybe it helps me identify them faster, but it's not going to get them in. Technology is not a closer, right, to use the sales parlance. Humans have to be closers. Uh, Ujwal, how's it going? I'm from LabCorp, watching you for two years. Good that you are spreading valuable info. Thank you very much. Shout out to LabCorp. LabCorp merged with uh, one of the CROs, I want to say Copance. Can't remember. It's too many mergers. That's another podcast, the mergers and acquisitions. Fur, hey, I'm Mexican. I try to be CTC or CRA, but I only have experience in R&D on pharmaceutical industry. Your channel helped me to learn more about clinical research world. Thank you. Muchas gracias, Fur. I really appreciate it. Make sure if you want to grow your network, expand your network, uh, you should join us actually on latinosinclinicalresearch.com. It's completely free. We will never charge you guys for latinosinclinicalresearch.com access. Free webinars every month, free videos, free podcasts, free articles, free Zoom meetings uh, every month. Please go check that out. I think it's going to be yeah, I think it's going to be a tremendous asset to your life and a tremendous ROI. Ah, it's good iced coffee. Let's take another uh, question or two. No, let's take another sip of iced coffee. Ben, shout out to Ben. I have been a big fan for a while now. You did cause my back to spasm one Sunday afternoon, but I forgive you for that now. 
<laughs> uh, sorry, Ben. I don't know what you're talking about. I take no responsibility um, for your outcomes. Okay. Unless they're positive outcomes, then I take 100% responsibility. Negative outcomes, I take zero responsibility for. But let me know what happened, Ben. Now I'm curious. Now you get me. Now you get me curious. You've piqued my curiosity. Ben, you must be good at marketing because you know what you're doing. Man. You just basically left me on a cliffhanger right there. Now I got to know. I almost don't want to go through these next things. Um, I'm just kidding. Put your questions down, comments down. Um, did you get injured while watching a video? Let me know. Uh, Nerman, I believe it's everyone in clinical research responsibility. After I worked on it, my family changed their perspective about it. Nerman. Exactly. I think, and I think the smart Sierra, the smart sponsors and well, the smart companies period understand that human beings are human beings. If you have study coordinators who speak Spanish, for example, you are more likely to get Spanish speaking patients enrolled in your study. And I know it sounds like crazy, but that's the way it works, right? People gravitate towards people like them. It's in our DNA, right? So the more, first of all, we need more people in research period of any ethnicity and background, but we do also need more diversity in our workforce too for this exact reason. First of all, people who work in an industry tend to tell their family and friends about their industry, regardless of what it is. If you're a plumber, your family and friends are going to ask you things about plumbing. Hey, my pipe is leaking. What, like, what's happening? What do I do? If you're in clinical research, your family and friends might ask you, hey, you know what? Like, I have a migraine. Um, do you know a doctor? Do you know anything? I know because it happens to me all the time. People in my family think I'm a doctor. Like they ask me medical questions. I'm like, I don't, I'm not a doctor guys, nor do I play one on TV. I'll do my best to help. And then naturally I've, I've educated everyone in my family and my wife's family about clinical research. Like they all know about it now. So imagine if there were more people like me, like imagine that on scale, everybody who works in the industry affects their sphere of influence, right? Let's say it's like, hundred people well now this is how you raise awareness too and so whose responsibility is that is the question i think that boils down to individual responsibility i don't even think that's necessarily a responsibility i think it's just a natural outcome um now you're going to ask whose responsibility is it to hire uh, more research naive people we do need more research naive people we got to stop recycling like the industry is overburdened their CROs, all the CROs, all of them, 100% of them are understaffed right now. 100% of them. We can't, but at the same time, they refuse to onboard people with potential, okay, who can probably be good CRAs or good coordinators or at least good in-house CRAs or at least good CTCs shortly. But nobody wants to go through that steep learning curve, that first three to six months or maybe three to 12 months. I think, again, like 
not to be a infomercial, but my CRA and CRC Academy, that's why we've been successful. We started CRA Academy in 2016 and we've been growing ever since uh, every quarter, selling out every quarter, almost since the beginning. And then the CRC Academy, we started it in 2019 and also the same thing. And we haven't even advertised. We haven't done zero advertising. And so, because why? Because we're taking on the responsibility to train research naive people. And by the time they're done with our program and our internship, here's the important, here's the value add. They are no longer research naive at that point. And that's saying something. Uh, so I think the industry needs to do more of that. If we can do CRA and CRC Academy, I know the industry can too. It's not their core competency. That's the problem. This is why we've, we're a stakeholder as well now. We're a vendor. We're considered a vendor. So the site's CRO and sponsor, everything else that doesn't fit into those three categories are vendors. Um, so what's next? Any more questions, uh, comments, or concerns? I'm checking my email to see if I missed any questions. I'm checking my email to see if I missed any more questions. Uh, Covance, yeah, Covance is the one that got bought. Uh, do you find Facebook marketing and social media marketing to be effective ways to identify potential patients? Yes. It actually does work. I mean, here's the thing about technology. It's great, it gets better, and it gets cheaper. That's deflationary force. But that, that can't be the only strategy. Somebody has to follow up with all those leads. A person has to follow up with those leads. And the problem is, especially with these big vendors, when you go to all these sites, uh, let's say they're using a big vendor like a Curian or BBK, and I've talked to executives from these massive companies the, the problem is they send them leads it's debatable whether a lot of those leads are good or not and because a lot of those leads are not good coordinators when they do call and get hung up on because the leads is not good the coordinator just start, starts ignoring all leads so buried in those let's say 15 leads Maybe three of those patients would actually be good for the study, would actually qualify. But the coordinator is getting frustrated. Why? Overburdened. Again, we're getting back to this. Overburdened. And they say, why, why am I going to do this? Uh, we need, we need uh, somebody else to do this stuff. It's still a human being. Now the site's, it's the site's responsibility now to make sure that they hire somebody who can follow up on these leads. Uh, it's, it's complicated, Rex. It's um, the ROI is not really there unless you invest in the human resources too. Motivational ally. I'm a radiologist from India. I want to get into research. How can I get into it? You just do. I don't know the specifics of how to do it in India, but um, you can. If you're a radiologist there, you can do. There's a lot of oncology studies that require radiologists. And you can be a sub-I. Maybe you can even be a PI on some studies. Uh, ben, I was listening to your advice on a Sunday afternoon and my back went into a complete spasm. Was awful. Couldn't move for three days. What? 
what? Yeah, this is insane. What? Is, well, I don't understand what happened. What advice did I give you that made your back go into a spasm? I don't give exercise advice. Uh, maybe you were working on your resume. Maybe you were networking extra hard. But I'm very sorry about that. That's, that sounds insane. Um, wow, wow, wow. Um, <laughs> ben Over, that's a good YouTube name. Entry level, five years experience needed. Exactly. This is we can't have this kind of stuff. Uh, the, you entry level is entry level, not five years experience needed. Now they're getting. They know the, the employers know they can't get away with this in an environment like we're in right now, where it's so busy. So they take. They say like two years or less, or one year or less, and they're filtering out a lot of the people on the top level. Uh, motivation or they're filtering out a lot of people who don't think they can get a job in research. So you, how do you get confidence? You get confidence by gaining some experience, whether it's internship, whether it's through networking, whether it's internship through something like CRA or CRC Academy, whether it's networking through something like LinkedIn or Latinos in clinical research, which by the way, all ethnicities welcome. Shameless plug. Uh, Go to Telenagar or Bangalore, any pharma company would have you. Exactly, exactly. It's a matter of networking, guys. I have to go take care of some housekeeping stuff. Um, but I'll leave a few more minutes for questions. And then I'm going to upload another video later today on a biotech that's pretty intriguing to me. Very small market cap biotech. And I wanted to, uh, the pups are good. I got Sonic, Sonic's nine months old now, the Siberian Husky. And uh, I got an American Bulldog named Bodie and he's four months old and they're adjusting nicely to the new house. Um, okay, Motivation Ally says, I wanna do it in the USA. So you won't be a radiologist in the USA. You won't be a licensed radiologist in the USA. So what I've seen from foreign trained physicians when they do come to the US or Canada, they become very good study coordinators. So you wanna look into study coordinator um, as soon as you immigrate here. PPD and ICON have entry level that are really entry level. Yeah, you can find these things here and there. Um, you just have to network. Darian, hope you're doing well. My question is, are there benefits to becoming a CRA before site ownership or can site ownership be achieved without CRA knowledge? Great question, Darian. I think if you're gonna, if your goal is site ownership route, which I, I highly recommend, um, I would go study coordinator, not CRA. Study coordinator because guess what? Every site relies heavily on their study coordinator. They do like 90% of the work, if not more, at most sites, unless they're academic medical centers. Even there, they're just overworked. So CRC skill set would be better suited for site ownership than CRA. Now, if you're already a CRA, that's fine. You don't need to go be a coordinator to start a site. Um, but I did a podcast on this with Chris. 
just because you're a CRA doesn't mean you're going to be a good site owner. And for that matter, just because you were a coordinator doesn't mean you'll be a good site owner either. Being a site owner requires an entrepreneurial mindset, a skill set that is not the same skill set. There's not a lot of overlap between entrepreneurial skill set and a CRA skill set. Entrepreneurial, you got to think outside the box, think of how things can work, how you can make things work. CRA skill set is let's stick to the rules, let's stick to the protocol, stick to the script, don't think outside the box. Thank you, Rex. Okay, I appreciate it, Rex. See you later. What do you think about the, the merits of pandemic on clinical sites functioning? I think the I think the COVID pandemic, uh, as far as sites are concerned, I know a few sites that went out of business. Those sites for the most part were I think built on a shaky foundation. They couldn't take, they couldn't handle like three months of like no revenue. I think for most sites, the pandemic in the long run was actually a good thing because it made the industry a lot busier. Like there's a lot more studies out right now. Uh, sites are adapting with, they don't like remote monitoring. Sites don't like remote monitoring uh, unless they're the big academic medical centers. And guess what? The people actually working in those places don't like remote monitoring either. Is the people making the decisions because why? Technology is a deflationary force and it saves money and it's supposed to increase efficiencies. Um, they like it. So I think that sites can't wait for traditional monitoring. I think seeing the patients over Zoom is not the best for patient retention, uh, despite the, the industry's push for decentralized trials. I think giving patients the option is great for retention. Uh, so it's a complicated question. Coordinators are the heart of clinical research, absolutely. I heart study coordinators. Okay, so I think that's it, guys. I gotta, there's a lot of things I gotta get doing before I come back and do my other video, but I really thank you guys so much for watching and listening, and I'll catch y'all later. Thank you so much. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share. Let me know what you think about all this. Or if you have any other things that you need help with, let me know. Catch you later. Bye-bye.